0: Legends, lend me your ears. How you living? It is the LEFKOE. I know you said it for me, so I appreciate you. How is everybody doing? How you living? How you feeling? I hope you guys enjoyed Travel Gaines the other day. My man's hitting me up. He says that you guys are sending him so many messages, he doesn't even realize what's going on. He told me, and this is word for word, I love the 33%. I love the homies. You guys are making this podcast freaking huge because every time I get a freaking guest on now, they go, so many of the homies are hitting me up. And I just want you guys to know, now that I'm like messaging athletes to try and do stuff with them, they know because of y'all. So I appreciate you. To every homie that is joining in on the Eat Like a Homie Challenge, love y'all. Love y'all. We are, this is going to be day three, or for some of you, if you did it Tuesday, Wednesday, and this is going to come out on Thursday. So this will be day number three. Day number four for me, uh, Fatal Flaw, I Forgot to Weigh Myself. And I already feel like I've lost like 20 pounds. No, but I'm, I'm not going to weigh myself. Uh, I'm just going to do this because I want to be healthy. And that's something I want to say to all you guys. Uh, again, I'm not going to force this down anybody's throat. But a lot of you are saying, what are we doing? What are we giving up? What are we not eating? Homies, th- you know what healthy is. This ain't we're all giving up something. Whatever you think. I mean, pr- ice cream's probably not it. You know, like fried chicken's probably not it. So just be smart. That's all we're doing. We're not giving up anything. We're not, we're just going to be smart. And the other thing is too, if you got a moment of weakness, like yesterday, I was at a restaurant that had a bread bowl that would have knocked you on your ass. And it took all of my strength not to eat one of them rolls. If you do, it's okay, man. Like just get back at it tomorrow as a chubby fat guy talking to all the homies out there. I'm rocking with you because I know what this shit's like. And a lot of people are saying, I want to work out with Travel Gaines. How do I enter? Take a picture of you on the scale, like looking down at your weight. Because I know like the other thing that sucks is like nobody's trying to send me before pictures. And to be honest, no offense, I'm not really trying to see before pictures. If you want to take one, great. And take that before and after, awesome. My only other thing too is if y'all could wear socks when you take the picture, I would appreciate that. I'm not trying to look at everybody's feet. And the other thing is, is if you want to write your name on your socks as proof, so while you guys aren't going on Google Images and finding random people on scales. So take, if you want to write like your name or your handle on the socks, also don't send them to me now because I'm just going to forget them. So when the 33 days are up, you send them in there. We'll see how you're doing. But the whole point of this is I'm trying to be healthy Let's everybody get healthy. And then this summer, we're just like shredded football-knowing machines. Coming up in a little bit, we have—oh, by the way, uh, I am so excited to do what I'm about to do. But uh, Kevin Bayard, all-pro safety from the Tennessee Titans. If you remember when I was in Atlanta for a little bit, um, I'm going to be gone next week, too. So I I got three interviews that I'm saving for you guys, and now I'm ready to release them to you. Today will be Kevin Bayard, All-Pro safety. We talked about him posing on the star. If you remember that game on Thursday night, I think it was, or Monday night, Titans-Cowboys, he posed on the star. What it was like to be an All-Pro, Mariota, very good conversation. That's coming up in a bit. And then next week, Austin Hooper, with one of the best conversations I've had, the tight end for the Falcons. You're going to love this guy. And you guys know that my pro player comparison for the longest time was who? Algie Crumpler. Big body, possession over the middle. I did not know he was coming in an interview with Algie Crumpler, and I got to talk to him about that Brian Dawkins hit that removed every ounce of his soul. We laughed about it. We yelled about it. It was great. So those are coming up next week. I think tight ends might be my spirit animal because the conversations with those guys were great. One thing that wasn't great you know, look, guys, I've been running the Go Show social, Instagram, Twitter. And so when you see me comment on my own shit, don't make fun of me, bro. I'm just trying to keep this thing alive. But I saw something in the comment section that really upset me. And I can't believe that happened. I saw it and it, it broke me to my core. And I don't even remember where it is. I couldn't find it just now. But somebody wrote, R.I.P. Whoa, big offseason. And fellas, ladies, it stopped me in my tracks because I went, holy fuck, I've been doing these interviews and I know that y'all been liking them and I hope that you like them, but I'm missing out on the number one thing that this show is based on. So I am now ready to give you a super sized version of what hit that music, Nick. Whoa! 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 Big off season. Shout out to Audio Nick. Shout out to Stinky Fingers Gabe. They were in a booth, and they just started yelling, whoa, well, It is back. It is whoa, big off season. Here's what we're doing, though. A lot of stories I had to catch up on. Some of these are whoa. Big off season and some of these are Whoa Big Off season. Cause some of these are real and some of these are just woes. So we're gonna start off with a whoa, big off season. Uh Joe Flacco, this is a tweet from Ryan Konigsberg in Denver. Joe Flacco just overthrew a guy that was seven oh I went to the wrong camera. Hold on, Nick, go with me again. Ready? <laughs> whoa, big off season. Joe Flacco overthrew a guy that was 70 yards down the field. Can't see I've ever seen that around here before. Whoa. Big offseason. You mean to tell me that Joe Flacco can throw the ball far? That's never been the issue. Also, you're in Denver. But, man, I don't know if Drew Locke's going to be the quarterback of the future because Joe Flacco's out here throwing some bombs. That's a whoa. Now... Whoa, big off season. Apparently, the Jets GM is being assisted by Peter Schrager. The New York Jets are reaching out to Good Morning Football reporter Peter Schrager. And Manish Mehta has been all over this, turning to him for opinions, suggestions, and intel on who the GM could be. This is wild to me. This is, to me, the bottom that the Jets have reached. And this is not an insult to Peter Schrager, who is a great guy. But the fact that it seems like the Jets have gotten rid of an internal search committee and are instead going to a reporter to help them find their next GM feels like crazy pills. To me, is Adam Gase... You know how Donald Trump watches Fox and Friends every morning and that's where he gets his news? Does Adam Gase have a TV where they can't find the remote and NFL networks on and he has to watch Good Morning Football and he's sitting there going, I'll tell you what, Miss Peter Schrager knows some things. This to me, if I was a Jets fan, is of all the things that have happened. Anthony Barr spurning you at the last moment and going back to Minnesota, firing some scouts recently, stories coming out that Adam Gase never wanted Le'Veon Bell, Adam Gase publicly saying, I'm just the coach, but also secretly manipulating everybody in the front office. Of all the things, the fact that they're turning to Peter Schrager for their GM search, again, not a slight to Peter Schrager. Is one of the scariest things I've ever heard if I was a Jets fan. Undoubtedly a whoa, big off season. Whoa, big off season. Derek Carr on being the quarterback for the Raiders, quote, The owner, head coach, GM, and quarterback are all on the same page. This is my team, and I'm not going anywhere. Followed it up by saying, What was the percentage chance the Raiders would have drafted a quarterback? He put it at negative forty-seven. Hey Derek. Your backup quarterbacks are Mike Glennon, Landry Jones, and, oh no, I read that right, Nathan Peterman. No shit, you're the quarterback, Derek. I'm glad you got job security. Like, that is the, the funniest backup room I've ever heard. Mike Glennon, pick six Mike Glennon, pick six Nathan Peterman, and Landry Jones, who once said he thought about quitting football to become a minister, are your backups. You're good. Well, I'm glad you got job security. Whoa! All right, now we're going to get serious, Nick. Apparently, Miles Garrett was told by former defensive coordinator Greg Williams, now New York Jets defensive coordinator, piling on there, Greg Williams, that he was only allowed to use two pass rushing moves last season. He was told, these are the ones that work, don't use any other ones. And Miles Garrett was like, what am I supposed to do? The reason this is a woe is new defensive coordinator Steve Wilks, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, is going to let him unleash the bag. If Miles Garrett had that kind of a season last year and could only use two moves, what are we about to witness? The hype in Cleveland continues to build. I need to get Miles Garrett on this show. I'm going to hit him up. If you guys want to reach out to him, I'd appreciate it. Whoa, big off season. Sam Beal. Second-year player from the Giants was taking the compensatory draft last year. Didn't play an entire snap, though. Has apparently looked great at OTAs. This is right in the whoa big all season wheelhouse. Why did he look great? Because on one play, reporters got a chance to watch practice, and he stuck out his hand and swatted an Eli Manning pass, and it was intercepted by Jabril Peppers. Quote from Beal. I'm going to read it how he said it. I just seen the quarterback staring him down, quote, I've got some good eyes. Intercepting your own quarterback in practice is like screen watching your friend picking plays in Madden. It's like playing GoldenEye and you use that little motherfucker whose name I can't, uh, odd job, and you're looking at the other people's screen to find where they set the proximity mines. And you're in practice, bro. You know all the plays. You know exactly the routes and where they're trying to go. And to make matters worse, yo, know, these New York teams are cracking me up. He's already nicknamed the secondary the new NYPD, the New York Pass Defense. Saw this a few years ago. You know, they had, they had DRC, they had Janoris. The current secondary of the Giants, this supposed New York pass defense, Sam Beal, Jabril Peppers, Antoine Bethay, Janoris Jenkins. You don't get a nickname, bro. Like, you can't call yourselves the new NYPD when one of you. I don't mean to insult Antoine Bethea. Antoine Bethea is a great player. Not a lot left in the tank. Janoris Jenkins fell off a cliff last year. But if Sam Beal and Jabril Peppers are in your secondary, secondary, you don't get a cool nickname. That's why you are a whoa big off season. This is one of the most serious woes I've, I've ever seen. There are sometimes that we get information that can change the landscape of the NFL, an entire division, the future of a franchise. And this one is about the number 100. I, this is so serious that I don't want to fuck it up. But apparently, when asked what sleep number mattress he uses, Kirk Cousins uses a 100. Quote, I go as firm as it gets. I'm an intense, even when I'm sleeping, i, I, I wow. I mean, <laughs> to, to my core, I am shocked. We've just learned that the only thing stiffer than Kirk cousins is his mattress, but it shows you, this is a guy that counts pebbles outside of his house to remind himself of, of his mortality. He sleeps on practically a, 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 a slate, a, a 100 mattress. Are you a psychopath? What I'm realizing is, is Kirk Cousins a vampire? Does he measure himself because he's watching other people die? And in his mind, he can't handle this existence anymore? Uh, if if you have garlic, do not go around Kirk Cousins. Uh, has anyone ever seen Kirk Cousins' reflection? I haven't. Now I'm a little bit worried. Kirk Cousins. Whoa, that was really really scary. I'm going to stay on the serious one. Jared. Vel- no, 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 no. Whoa. Big off season. Jared Valdir is retiring from the Patriots. Yes. That Jared Valdir that signed with the Patriots eight days ago, which r- it brings up a lot of history and one big question. What the fuck is going on at Patriots practice that these esteemed veterans, after a very short time, need to hit the trail? Reggie Wayne, Patriot for a few days, retires. Eric Decker got through, like, a preseason game, retired. Wide receiver Leonard Hankerson, remember, he went to Miami, then was on Washington, then up on the Patriots. In his Twitter bio says, I was a Patriot for 10 days, LOL. And what I'm realizing is, how many of you start a job and you go, let me just get past the first week. It'll get better. Jared Valdir lasted eight days, which to me is, holy shit, this first week is crazy. Showed up the next Monday and went, oh, this is every fucking day I'm out. To me, it's the only team where you see this happen. The Patriots are the only team where these guys go, I've waited my entire career to finally play for Bill Belichick in a Super Bowl champion. They go there for a short amount of time, and they're out. Jared Valdir retires after eight days, is a super woe. But the thing is, is you can go, wow, this team lost Trent Brown. Wow, uh, their number one swing tackle goes to the Bills. And now they're relying on Isaiah Wynn, who didn't even play last year. I'm just going to say this like I always do. If any of you have a shred of doubt about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, you can see yourself out and you can go and listen to another podcast. There will be no doubting of Bill Belichick on this podcast. That is a fool's errand. We don't do that here. And so guess what? They're going to find some hot dog salesman. Dante Skarnecki is going to coach him up and they'll be fine at left tackle because that's what Bill Belichick does. And we end with this. I know that a lot of you right now are eating healthy. You're eating like a homie. You're not the only one. NFL players getting in the mix. You know that we love when dudes go vegan and change that diet because that's what we care about on the Left Go show. And our guy, White Boy Supreme, Christian McCaffrey, little article in GQ where he talked about his diet. Apparently, got some testing done. My man can't have chicken, tuna, wheat, or soy. Damn. But listen to what this dude does. On Monday, because it's a, quote, straight, linear, explosive training day, all he has are egg yolks. So all the homies out there that are eating healthy right now, making them egg whites, ship your yolks to Christian McCaffrey. Because this dude is fucking Rocky drinking egg yolks on a Monday. You want to know why his arms were so jacked? Because this man is crushing yolks. Then he said, Saturday nights are cheat night. And he does love a little sushi, but he says his vices. And I'm going to tell you that he may have listed, and I'd love for you guys to tell me if I'm wrong, the two best snack foods of all time. And my respect towards Christian McCaffrey skyrocketed when I saw these because the man has taste. Cool Ranch Doritos. And Oreos. I don't know if Christian McCaffrey is doing a little daddy cigar, but I'm just telling you, I was just on a bachelor party for my guy, Brad, in Denver, and I the only two things that I threw in the cart, everyone's throwing in very responsible things, I was in Denver, Oreos, and Cool Ranch Doritos. Christian McCaffrey sucking down egg yolks on a Monday- Chomping on Oreos and Cool Ranch Doritos on a Saturday. You, my friend, are the whoa Big Offseason Eater of the Week. I salute you, CMC. One thing I want to do before we get to the Kevin Bayard uh, interview, which, again, is awesome, is there is something happening. I asked you when we were changing between Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay for our favorite coach in the NFL, which is right now Sean McVay. Another guy that I need to get on the podcast. I'm going to write that down. There is stock when it comes to coaches or players. And like everybody else, you want to buy stock when it's low before it gets high. All of you guys bought stock in Sean McVay, and I approve the move, but that's not... Buying stock in Sean McVay is like spending $2,000 for a share of Google. That's like, that's like trying to call up uh, Berkshire Hathaway for a little advice. But there is a coach that I have constantly said on the show is quickly becoming my favorite quote in the NFL. I am a super Fangio. And I think we should all be super Fangios because Vic Fangio, remember, I didn't know was going to dry out my greasy Italian skin. This man is incredible. Two quotes from Vic Fangio, the Denver Broncos. When asked about Chris Harris's contract situation, he said, quote, I stay out of it. That's the business side of football. I deal with football business. He is just the most football guy, football coach ever. An old Italian coach. I love it. His other quote, though, I loved. Noah Fant, who you know I loved, tight end out of Iowa that destroyed the combine. Vic Fangio said that Noah Fant, quote, he's got tools But you know, I can go into Home Depot and walk out with a bunch of nice tools and I'm not a carpenter. Vic Fangio went fucking Tommy boy and nobody caught it. You know, I can get a hell of a look of a good T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take the butcher's word for it. He went Tommy Boy. He went Chris Farley, like, freaking out at the, at the dining room table. Vic Fangio, I'm telling you, buy stock. Denver is going to turn it around a little bit this season, and that defense is going to open up a lot of people's eyes. I'm just saying. Call up your bookie. If you're using that app, Acorns, find a way to buy stock in Vic Fangio. Enough of me. Let's get to the main man himself. All Pro Safety Kevin Bayard interviewed him down there in Atlanta. Awesome conversation. And again, after you listen... Hop on the Twitter, hop on the Instagram, hit up my man, Kevin Bayard, and say, Thank you for coming on the Left Go show. You are the fucking man. Treat him with respect. He came in our house, and you know how the 33% does. I'll holler at you guys next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be well. Keep eating like a homie. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Go Show. It was very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got with me today an all-pro, a man that led the NFL uh, for a season with eight interceptions, uh, a man that was underdrafted, going in the third round. First pick of the third. First pick of the third round. And now in a beautiful fucking situation, in a contract year mm-hmm. on a team that has playoff aspirations Kevin Byard of the Tennessee Titans.
1: Yes, sir. Glad to be here, man. And Glad you were born here. in Philadelphia. Yes, I was. Which yes, I has was. a
0: special place in my heart. Okay. But then you moved down to
1: Georgia, right? Yeah, I moved to Georgia and went to high school down here in Atlanta at MLK High School. So,
0: How yeah, much Philadelphia that. got into your system?
1: A lot. I mean, my entire family's still up there. My dad's still up there. So uh, every too often that I try to get up there. I'm actually going to try to get up there this year. Hopefully maybe 4th of July or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Got to go up there see my grandma and go see all my family Eagles members. fans? Everybody's Eagles fans. So, you know, when the, you know, when the Eagles came to town last year, I had my family down here. They wore their Eagles jerseys in the, our family section. Stop. So, so, you know, they were salty going home. So, you what know, I had to tease them. What is that
0: like as a player that you're, you share a name and blood, right. but they're still going to rock the Eagles jersey?
1: Hey, I mean, it's something you can't control. Like I said, all my, my of course my dad he had my jersey on. Okay. But uh, you know, all my family members, my uncles, they had their Eagles jersey on there and they're arguing with uh, Titans fans in the in the stands or whatever. So wow. it was real good to tease them at the end of the game.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, that was in my mind one of the worst Eagles games of the year. Mm-hmm what you guys did to come back in the game. Right. What was it, fourth and 20
1: you guys got a, a yeah. completion got on? got a real good completion. But Marty then you great, guys bro.
0: completely shut down that offense in the yeah. second half and overtime.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we did all last year, honestly. I mean, we, we, had a, we had a great defense last year. I mean, honestly, I think most of the playoff teams that we played, uh, you talk about the Eagles, talk about the Patriots and different teams like that, we beat a couple of playoff teams last year. So hopefully we kind of take that to the next step and actually get into the playoffs and get into the tournament this year.
0: Not only that. You had against another, I don't know if the te- Texans did not make the playoffs, what, 66-yard touchdown pass?
1: Oh, against Houston. No, it was against Houston. I think. It was I know it two. was against Houston. Yeah,
0: week two. You, I didn't realize you owned the longest touchdown pass by a defensive player in the in history, in the Super Bowl era. Did you know that it was the longest?
1: Yeah, you know, of course, I had a bunch of Twitter mentions and stuff like oh that telling God. me. But, like, this is definitely a cool moment, just one of those things where got the right look, Coach gave me the cue, and I, you know what I'm saying, threw, it a, threw a touchdown.
0: Here's what's so funny about you. You have that play. You have an all-pro. You have the moment where you get on the star, and you do <laughs> all that, and I still think that not enough people know who Kevin Byard is. Do you agree with me?
1: I mean, I, w- I would definitely say so, but, you know, at this point in my career, you know, none of that stuff really matters at this point. You know, I'm just kind of focused on my team, trying yeah. to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think if I you win a Super Bowl, man, everybody in the country is going to know who we are, so – that's kind of my focus, my aspirations on, you know, getting that big championship ring. Who do you study? Who did you study growing up like when you were looking to be a safety? Who were the guys? It's funny, so you know, I started out playing quarterback in high school and the first day my coach told me I was going to have to play safety. I went to YouTube and I typed up Brian Dawkins weapon X. Yes. <laughs> so I That's definitely the started guy. with Brian Dawkins. But uh, I was opposite I, I was a Pittsburgh fan growing up too, so oh, wow. I love Troy Polamalu. Always love every. You grew up in the era of safeties.
0: Yeah, most The definitely. Palomalu-Reed-Dawkins era was the best. Probably
1: one of the three greatest safeties to ever play the game, yeah. in, in my opinion. Especially and all in at my the same era. time. All at the same time. All great. Played about 10 years apiece. So, I mean, it's just great to see those guys. And like I said, I emulated those guys. And when I got to college, I had a guy named Earl Thomas. Mm. That you know, I had some film in my coach's office. I used to watch him, love watching him go sideline to sideline chasing the rock, man.
0: Who do you think your play, like if you, if people were to look at your, your play right now, who do you think your style is most reminiscent of? Like who did you take the most
1: from? Honestly, I would say nobody. I don't really, I'm not really into the comparisons. I don't really feel like nobody really has my game. I yeah. really feel like I can play sideline to sideline back during the post. I can get down the box and get dirty and I also can blitz the quarterback. So I don't really think, I think I have a lot of different, People in me, but I don't really say nobody really compares to me. Well, else. I'm
0: going to say this, and this is very selfish. I hope Titans drop a bag on your doorstep. <laughs> but if not, the Eagles are going to need a safety in a year. Hey, man, like I and said, if you man. you can come home. We're going to bring it home. You can bring your cool Supreme shirts and your off-whites, and we can hang out in Philadelphia,
1: man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, of course, it, it'll be good because, like I said, being with my family. But at this point right now, I love the Titans. I yes. love Nashville. I want, to, I want to finish my career in Nashville. That's great. And uh, It's just a great city, a great time to play football, and I, I love the way the city's going, It's building. You should see it right now for the draft right now. you got all these cranes going up and oh, stuff man. like that. So it's a great city, and I would love to be in Nashville.
0: My question for you is this. I have an agent. When it's time for my contract to be up, I'm torn between let me do my job and I want to know what the last talk was. What did you say to your agent for this upcoming season, like, to get your mind right? Like, what, what lines did you guys establish?
1: Uh, I wouldn't really say it was any lines established, man. I think those things kind of play themselves out, you know, as time goes on. Uh, when free agency hit, he already had some clients that he had to work on and things like that. So I just told him, like, listen, man. I don't even really want to talk about it. Gotcha. I want to come back, focus on football, and if something happens, something happens. If it yeah. don't, then I'm completely fine with it. I, you know, I feel like I'm blessed either way it goes. Dude, you know? Well,
0: you're, Like I said, you're in an amazing situation. To come out like you did, the benefit of going first pick in the third round is there's one less year on that rookie deal. Right. And this is the player's podcast. Mm. I want everyone to get a bag. When Russell <laughs> Wilson got 65 on the signing bonus right. and did his little – Y'all got to go to bed with Sierra. Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. he can talk like that. Now. Right, right. I, I believe that this is the year of Russell Wilson. You know how Stephen Urkel had Stefan? I believe we are now in Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, Russell's acting, he's acting different right now. Right? Man. You see him laying in the bed with the chains on, man. The that the was pretty awesome. On. That was awesome.
0: It, his hair is different. He's <laughs> dressing up nice. Right. It's incredible what a good woman can do
1: to a man. Nah, you're right about right? that. Every man needs a powerful woman behind him. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. Shout out to your wife. Most Shout definitely. out to my fiance. <laughs> hey.
0: um, the star. Were you inspired by T.O.? Uh, did you know you were going to do it? Like, what was the thinking behind it? Because when I
1: Google you, mm-hmm. like 9 out of 10 are about the fucking oh. star. Right, right. It's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. So it was kind of one of those, it just kind of happened in the moment. It was like sort of pregame. I was just like, man, hey, listen, if I'm going to make a big play, hey, meet me in the 50. Mm. Meet me at the 50. So it wasn't like I was just playing it week before. It was just like I was just super excited for the game. It was Monday night. It's such and, a cool stadium. Yeah, it was a dope play, and it was crazy. So, like, as soon as I caught the pick, I pointed straight at the star. I was like, I'm going straight to the star. And like I said, <laughs> it was something that kind of just came up. Of course, you know, Vrabel and none of the coaches liked it as well. And, I, you know, I had to talk with him about it. So, How did but, that conversation go? Because
0: Vrabel could still play right now.
1: Nah, for sure. Vrabel, I mean, he gets, he gets down and dirty with players on, in practice, even pregame and stuff like that. But, you know, he just kind of told me that, you know, he just wished I would have came and turned around, you know, excited, got excited with my teammates, went to the sideline, things like and that. And then what did you say back? I say, man, I won't be dancing on the star again. I told him that. Yeah. yeah, no more, you know, out of the way Apologize celebrations
0: afterwards. Right. Don't ask for permission. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Right, right. The thing we,
0: our society is so funny because we want everyone to be like Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. But like, when are you ever gonna? Like, you might not have that opportunity again. Right. Like, you might not play in Dallas Stadium for another eight years with the way the schedules and, and calendars right, work right, right. out. And then when you play the Cowboy, it might be in Tennessee. So. And it's not even about marketing. It's not about branding. It's right. like life is about experiences, too.
1: Yeah, you're you right. Know? And honestly, I wasn't even thinking about no, how it was going to affect this or was it going to pop up on TV. I mean, I kind of figured that afterwards, but it was just kind of one of those things I kind of get caught into the game. I'm a real passionate guy. I'm yeah. emotional. And I made a big play. I was like, hey, let's celebrate. Let's, that's what I told the guys. Let's go dance in the middle of the field. That's kind of my thing as a team, dance in the middle of the field. So what is it like to stand
0: on the star – and to have eighty thousand people around you, and they're upset because you made up. What, what, what was those seconds like? Take me to those seconds.
1: I mean, it was awesome. Honestly, when I first got to the middle star, I kind of peeked behind me because I was thinking somebody was going to hit me and knock me. off You were worried the star. about just like that? Yeah, I was like, to. yeah, I was like, somebody's going to knock me off the star. Of course, Brian Jones or Byron, Byron Jones, Jones yeah. came and pushed us off or whatever, but. It was exciting, but honestly, it was more exciting. It was a lot more better, the fact that we won the game. We was out to come down there, get a big win on Monday night. Yes. So that was definitely the most exciting thing about everything.
0: I, I think a lot of people thought, here come the Titans after that game. Mm-hmm. You guys came out there. Derrick Henry finally kind of burst onto the scene mm-hmm. again. You guys went out there, shut down that offense. I think that game prompt. Did they have Amari Cooper at that time?
1: Yeah, they did. But it was like the first. I think that might have been his first game. First game. Something like that, yeah.
0: So, but you guys went out there. Marcus had a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't finish maybe the way that you guys were hoping. Right. Um, how, how do, why, why do you have confidence that this year it'll be a full year? Because the Texans game, the mm-hmm. Eagles game, the Patriots game, the Cowboys game, you guys had some games yeah. that went, oh, they can compete with anybody. Right. How do we get that for a whole year?
1: Yeah, I think last year, I mean, we would think we were incredibly – we were consistently inconsistent. Mm. You know, we'll have a good game, then we'll have a bad game. A good game, bad game. And that's something that we've been talking about just this offseason about how do we go from good to being great. You know, even if you're walking down the hallway, somebody asks you how you're doing, you know, you say, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm great because, mm. you know what I'm saying, we're kind of just trying to drill in your mindset. Everything we're going to do, we're going to try to be great at it. And uh, and I, I think we, we have we have a great team. I think we have a great defense. We have a great offense. So, like I said, it's all about taking that next step. And whatever we have to do – to do it, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, we had a new coaching staff. And yeah. I think a lot of reasons why, you know, some teams fail is just absence of trust, being able to trust each other, trust the coaches. And now we have another year in the system, another year with the coaches. So we're developing that trust. And that trust, I feel like, has already been developed. So now it's about taking that next step and taking it to the next level so we can get in that tournament.
0: When you have a coach that actually balled, mm-hmm. what's the difference? Like, what, what does it give you guys that a coach that didn't play?
1: I mean it's just a different level of respect. I mean, you know, he's been there, done that, he's been in the locker room, he's had he's had those locker room conversations, he's been on the field, he's been through a training camp. I'm pretty sure the training camp was way harder back then than it is Holy now. Shit. So it's just a level of respect, and so you kinda of trust what he's saying. He's he kinda of been there, done that, he's won Super Bowls. Yeah. So it's easy to get behind a guy like that and what just was, was
0: there ever a moment in the locker room where he was given a speech where you're like, he is so
1: amped up right now? Like was there was there a moment? Honestly, it's like that every single day. I mean, he gets in front of the team meeting. I mean, he gets in front of the team and he, he has that voice that just carries like that leadership role. And it's something that, you know, as soon as he talks, everybody's listening. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I respect for him, he holds everybody accountable from the top to the bottom, from the quarterback to myself, to anybody on the team He's going to hold you to the same standard mm. as he will uh, undrafted guy or, or practice guy, a practice squad guy. So that's something that everybody loves about him and definitely shows respect.
0: Take me to the Thursday night, Jacksonville, mm. balls on the one yard line. Derrick Henry gets the ball. What happened afterwards was an absolute massacre. I've never seen a running back do that to not just a defense, right. but to the Jaguars' defense. What was, what was your view? Where were you? Take me through what you saw. Right.
1: You know, we're sitting on the sideline. Of course, I'm sitting with my DBs. And, uh, and it's funny because ever since I've been drafted here, me and Derrick came in the same class. Derek always breaks a long run every year. He always gets like a 60 yard run or yes. something like that. But that run right there, once he broke, it's like, okay, he's stiff arm AJ. You know what I'm saying? He's probably going to get tackled about the 50. Then he got another stiff arm. And then another, that's when you're, you're already on your feet, jumping <laughs> up there like, oh, oh, he's about to go, he's about to go. Man, honestly, that probably was the most exciting football play I've probably seen in my entire life. To see a guy that size taking off 99 yards. Yes. It didn't even look. As, The funny thing is, Darryl doesn't look like he's running that fast when he's moving until he's just skating away from everybody. The guy's athletic. He's he's a freak of nature, honestly.
0: When it's a division rival, Mm. and a division rival that, honestly, the Titans have kind of
1: owned the Jaguars for the last few years. Yeah, yeah.
0: What – does it make it more special? Especially because that defense talks so much shit.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, most definitely. Like I said, it's kind of one of those games where, you know – I think that's always on our schedule. you you got Jacksonville. It's kind of like a rivalry game almost, and every single game, you know, kind of get a little trash talking a little bit throughout the week with certain guys. Uh, You might hear Casey make a uh, statement or two or something like that, but uh, it's always an exciting game. You know it's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be like a bloodbath. So You don't really expect it to be high scoring, so you go into the game like, hey, man, we got to play good run defense. We can't let these guys get any big plays, so that's always our mentality going into Jacksonville or even if Jacksonville comes home. I'm sorry that Bortles isn't there
0: anymore. (laughs) I'm just being a dick. <laughs> but I mean, like, come on, bro. Right. Like, that team, I'm talking shit. You don't have to join in. I'm talking the shit. This is a coast <laughs> show. Jacksonville is so talented. Mm-hmm. And they were winning despite him for two years. Like, I have to imagine that when you guys were watching film, you're like, I mean, this could be pick city. You had to be.
1: I mean, you know. Me, I always have a certain level of confidence against, honestly, any quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, but even you know, more so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I give him his respect, man. He led those guys to the AFC Championship game, some that I haven't been before. So uh, hopefully we I can I
0: understand get- that. I'm just saying <laughs> this. Football is the ultimate fucking team game. Right. All right? Like, sometimes Calais Campbell leads you to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Like, we give these credit to the quarterbacks all the time. Like, they're doing everything. Yeah. And it's like, okay, when he threw 11 passes, like, no, I think it Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye led them.
1: You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, defense is definitely going to win championships. You can look at it in the Super Bowl. You didn't yeah. get a high-scoring Super Bowl game as well. So, I mean, anytime you have to – I mean, you, it has to be a team thing. You can't just have – You handle that well. I talked a lot of shit right <laughs> You can't just have a great quarterback – in a, in, a, in a sorry defense, no. it's not going to do anything. No. You're just going to sell a bunch of tickets, and then when you get to the playoffs, you're going to lose in the first round, the second round. So
0: you've experienced a lot of Marcus now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear that he's gaining weight to to right. do that. The thing that I love about Marcus is I feel like he's really letting himself out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see him get that play against Jacksonville and stand up, uh-huh. or catch his own touchdown in, in the playoffs, right, right. Um, the the thing that sucks is he could play amazing and then miss the next week which sucks right right where where do you think we are how do you think marcus is doing and and what do what is something about marcus that we don't know that shows how tough this guy actually is
1: right i mean even going back to that jacksonville game that that play he made and went up in Barry church that was uncharacteristic of marcus like that's I was something you never see and he kind of showed a little bit of that that competitiveness, competitiveness yeah in him. but uh I think Marcus is doing great, man. Like I said, I see him every single day. I know how hard he works every single week to even make sure that his body is good throughout the year. And, I mean, he went through a lot of injuries last year, and that's something unfortunate. Is uh, it something
0: like you walk by the training room and you see the pain he's in? Like, is it is is that man battling and we just don't
1: see it? Yeah, and that's that's one thing about Marcus, man. Like I said, he's battled through injuries, but he's not going to – he doesn't show it like that because he's such a competitor. He wants to be out there with his teammates. He wants to play in every single game. But, like I said, man, it's – it's one thing I learned from Ray when he talks about this all the time, man. It's 100% injury rate in the NFL. You're going to get injured at some point. Mm. And, uh, but one thing that I think most guys don't know about Marcus, man, he just has some type of magic about him. Just like you said, throwing the touchdown to himself, catching it. I mean, if you even seen last year, we played against the Giants, man, and Derrick Henry bounced the run, and he literally, like, had a lead block, man, laid Ogletree out, like, shoulder into him. And this wow. is injury, coming back from injury and all that, putting his body on the line for, for his guys, so – I mean, that's a guy that I would always defend, somebody that I would always want to be my quarterback because I know for a fact he's going to live and die on that field for you. And that's, that's awesome. something, that, you know, so I'm going to do the same thing for him. So that's I love him being our quarterback.
0: Uh, are you the biggest Drake fan ever? I wanna say the biggest Drake fan because, ever, but I've been... Because, like,
1: 90% of your captions on IG <laughs> are like Drake lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Drake, man. I've been listening to Drake since from the beginning. So, yeah, I would say I'm definitely a Drake fan. Uh, best album is what? Take Care. Mm. Easy. I mean, he's got a lot of great albums, he and it's does. hard to
0: compare a lot What's of What's funny about Drake is is like if you put all his songs on there, and you go, oh, he's pretty good, and then you see all of the hits, and that doesn't even include the features, and it's like overwhelming.
1: Drake has a lot of hits. I mean, he's definitely, a, if they got a Hall of Fame for rappers, he's definitely going to be in a Hall of Fame for sure. Like he's probably one of the top three, honestly. I don't know about all time, but he's definitely a top three in the game right now for sure.
0: I'm, I was, like, looking through some of your career accomplishments and I realized that your first sack was on
1: Aaron fucking Rodgers. Yeah, on my first start, too. I think it was week 10. What, was that? That. what was that like?
0: Because was, I'm sure you watched film of them all week and were like, right, right. what are
1: we up against? That game was – I mean, I, if you think about that game, we actually blew the Packers out that game. Like, beat them, like, over two touchdowns or whatever. But just getting that sack on Aaron Rodgers, a legend – uh I got up and I didn't even know what to do I was just so excited I just threw my arms up I just got super excited but like I said it was my first start it was uh I think it was kind of coming on coming into my own a little bit and uh Mm. I had a good game that game and kind of took off from there
0: can you explain to people that maybe don't watch film or don't have to play on the field why Aaron Rodgers is so special
1: uh I I would have to say you know a little bit that makes Patrick Mahomes special like just the way he can just torque his arm and throw different passes uh I mean, he's just – he's so cerebral. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he calls his own plays sometimes and things like oh, that. Oh, no, no,
0: he does. It came out. He yeah, exactly. called his own plays. I
1: mean, didn't you even see that – that uh, I think the game where they played the Bears where he messed up his knee and he stayed there and threw a long bomb for a touchdown. I mean, that's something special. You have to really appreciate those kind of things. Like, I think sometimes we have a way of not appreciating guys until they're gone. Yes. But that guy, hes he's a legend. You know what I'm saying?
0: I was trying to convince the homies, my listeners, mm-hmm. that I have a thing – the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen. It's not about titles. It's about the ability to play the position. And for years, it's been Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I tried to ask them this year to switch it to Patrick Mahomes as the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. And they told me it's too soon. But I believe that Patrick can do things that no one else in the history of the NFL has ever been able to do. Am I crazy? Or am I on to something?
1: Uh, you might be on to something. I wouldn't say you're crazy. I would say it's always going to be an argument between the two. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, what he did last year. You know, honestly, my preseason of my second year, we played him in the fourth game. And, of course, he wasn't starting at the time. It was Alex Smith there. And uh, I think he started maybe the entire game. And I didn't play, so I was able to watch and sit on the yeah. sideline. And he bombed us, like, three times for over 60 yards. And I'm looking like, this dude is going to be the truth. Yes. So, I mean, I wasn't even surprised what he did last year. I mean, of course, some of the highlight throws, the no-look pass, I've never seen that before. I haven't even seen it in high school.
0: So I actually, uh, around Final Four, I got a chance. Like, I met him. We were hanging out. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, that's crazy. He goes, I do it all the time. He goes, (laughs) that was just the first time they caught me on camera. He goes, I didn't even think that was my best throw of the game. And and I was like, oh, was that other one where you kind of threw it? He can throw balls that just like levitates over the ground. And that's it, how strong his arm is. Any platform, it's crazy. Any platform, and like I said, he, and as a former quarterback, you can appreciate that.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Like I said, I was a lefty, so sometimes if I had, Ooh. to, I can, you know, sling it out there a little bit. But I mean, he—you could tell he got that baseball in him that he can throw it from any platform. And like I said, it's special because most times, you know, you have they teach quarterbacks, you know, go over there, you know, yes. comb the hair or something like Don't that's do what they that. say. That's but dumb. Uh, I mean, to be able to like you said, put his team in position to be able to run around, scramble, and do all the things he did. And I think he threw for like 50 touchdowns or something like that. I mean, it's it just incredible. How excited
0: do you get when you saw the safety market and free agency this year? Just to bring it back to that. From this point, two years ago, safety's got nothing. Right. And I got really concerned about the position because there were all these top guys and nobody got paid. Exactly. And there were all these articles being written that the safety is a dying market. Right. Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, so many guys this year. Was it a relief? Was it excitement?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, I was excited to see guys like Landon Collins and Earl Thomas get paid there in my agency. And uh, of course, Landon, like for a guy that's been working oh, on his that's whole life. Right.
0: You're with the Derman James, David yeah, that's my like guy. like safety taking over the <laughs> NFL.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it was exciting because, like I said, man, it's kind of weird to see. You know, people talk about saying the safety the safeties has been devalued. You can't have a good defense without a good safety. Name any good defenses that's ever been without any good all-time great safety. Yeah, I'm not gonna come up with it Exactly. So, I mean, you have to have a good guy back there in the back end because I think one of the things that you can talk about being in a good defense is eliminating big plays. So, if some if some do break out, if a run breaks out or a guy catches the ball for 20, because I mean, guys gonna make plays in yeah. the NFL. They get paid too. But you got to be able to eliminate big plays and eliminate touchdowns and be good in the red zone be able to communicate and do all those different things. You can have a guy back there that just can't talk and who's quiet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So having a good safety on the back end of that defense is almost just as important as having, in my opinion, having a pass rush against sacks. honestly, because it's all about getting turnovers.
0: When you guys faced the Patriots in the playoffs, they, it seemed like, were very good at rushing to the line and using your guys' communication against you. Yes. You guys are a very talkative defense. Mm-hmm. Before every play, you're setting everything up. Right, right, right. And Did it feel like they they were like, they talk a lot, let's take advantage of that? Did you feel
1: that? Most definitely. I mean, and that's that was my first time really having a true experience with Tom Brady, Damn. playoff Tom Brady too as well. Is it a different guy? That was my first time playing him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, he came out there, you know, they got him out there, he runs out the tunnel with the Jay-Z music, and it was like, oh, man, this is real – and uh, it's funny because, you know, our defensive coordinator back then, Dick LeBeau. Sure. I think this is maybe Tom Brady.
0: 142 years old.
1: Yes. I think it's maybe Tom Brady, eight or ninth time playing against him. So, I mean, I think he probably went back to some old film and back when they was playing the, the, the Steelers back in the day just watching film. And yeah. It just seemed like he had our number every single time. He almost knew exactly what was going to run, switching the run this way, screen this way, dump it off here, touchdown. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, it's like, oh, here we go again. There's
0: but, almost a thing that I feel that when you play the Patriots, it's almost better to be simple because they'll use your your complexities again. Because they'll they'll motion the tight end and then they'll put the running back out there. Right. right. And you're trying to figure that all out. And he's like, it's a fucking slam. <laughs> but you just shifted your defense eight times because exactly.
1: of that, right? Yeah, no, most definitely. Like I said, Tom Brady, he just has a way to. He knows matches, and he understands how to get guys, get a running back on a linebacker, and get all these different things. But, I mean, this year, like I said, we, or last year, we was able to have yeah. good success against him. We was able to confuse him a little bit, confuse the, the defense, I mean, the offensive line, you know. And uh, we got a couple sacks on him. We had him ducking a little yes, bit last did. year. So
0: He was thrown off his back foot a ton. Yeah, yeah. Is it nice that Gronk's gone? Does that change the, their whole offense, you think? Uh, or you think they'll still find a way?
1: I think they'll still because find a way. Because what's interesting
0: about Brady is when you look at him statistically – You could take away Randy Moss. You could take away all the wide receivers. The one guy that statistically, statistically changes Brady is Gronk. He goes from, like... Eight yards an attempt to like six point five, mm. so it goes from like Russell Wilson to right. Josh Rosen, right? Which is enormous. <laughs> so that's why I'm I'm curious what's going to happen with them this
1: year. Yeah, I am too. But I mean, knowing Tom Brady, man, he won he's, Super Bowl. Yeah. He won Super Bowls before Gronkowski. True. So uh, I think he'll find a way. Like I said, I think they'll retool their offense a little bit. And he always, like I said, he know how to get those Mitch matches, man. If he's got to throw it to his running back a hundred times, James White, then I think if that's what it has to do to get the, get the uh, the chains moving, I think he'll do that.
0: Uh, you had a. One pick, and you led to a Motown celebration, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Which NFL team that you th- do you think has the best team celebrations? Team celebrations. Because uh, last year I thought defensive guys running to the end zone and taking a photo, everybody got did old. it. Yeah, it got over. New Orleans started it. I saw the Jets do it. I saw you do yeah, it. I we saw do the it a char- couple times. Every uh, team does it. Yeah.
1: Eagles do it. Right. Who do you think, though, that you respect team celebrations? I liked the Chicago Bears celebrations last year. When Eddie Jackson was getting those pick sixes. Oh, man. And he was doing the orchestra in the end yeah. zone. That was dope. I was like, man, I was kind of jealous a little bit. I said, those guys are having a lot of fun last year.
0: Is it time to retire the defensive team photo?
1: I think it is. I mean, it's just funny because I think that's kind of just like the, the default one With as soon as somebody catch pick, oh, let's all go to the end zone, go to the end zone. And everybody goes like this. Exactly, exactly. I think it's time for everybody to get a little bit more creative. You yeah. Know what I'm so. I mean, we'll see, man. Hopefully, like I said, we can get some pick sixes. We can get a lot more interception than we did last year. And we'll have some, some real nasty team celebrations.
0: Who are the defensive guys that you noticed during crossover film that you've grown to be a fan of? Who else in the league are, have you become a fan of?
1: I mean, I, I like Derwin James a lot. Yeah, even though he was a rookie last year, I mean, that guy was all over the field. Like I said, because a lot of times you get a lot of safeties or guys that can only do one thing. you got to be in line of scrimmage. you got to be here. you got to be there. Uh, just watching him being, being able to play in the post. I seen him play in the post one time against Tyreek Hill. and made a, a big play in the, in the back and of the end zone. It was the
0: first game of the year. Right. Patrick had already had like three touchdowns, and he threw like a 60, 70-yard bomb. Right. And Derwin went full horizontal, smacked it out of the way. It was
1: dope, man. So to see him being able to play the post, and, I mean, he's a monster in the box, blitzing and doing things like that, I think he's going to be a special player in this league.
0: Um, Derwin had a good dunk this off season. Devonte had a pretty good. Uh, Devonte Adams had mm. a pretty good dunk. I've been starting up the Who's the best dunker in the NFL? Is there anyone that I don't know of that you've seen throw it down that uh, needs credit? Or best basketball player in the NFL overall?
1: I've seen, seen Jalen Ramsey dunk a little bit. Okay, you know, a, he lives in Nashville. He's so long. I'm, yeah, exactly. I've seen Pause. him get up there a little bit. So uh, Ooh, uh
0: my knees almost destroyed.
1: Right, but I've I, like I said, I've seen highlights of Derwin as well. Get out there and play some good ball. So. I would like to see both of them go up against each other. If y'all two can, you know what I'm saying? Get a little one on one. That's what I want to start. I want to
0: start rivalries. I want to start like Derwin versus Jalen, like one on one pay per view.
1: Yeah. First to 11. Go ahead and promote it, man. Listen, man, Derwin, Jalen, if you're watching, if you're hearing, we want to see y'all one on one, man. We want to see. Yes. And you'll be the ref. Yeah, I'll be the ref, man. I'm I'm not going to And i will wear his black and
0: white supreme as his ref. I ain't trying
1: to get dunked on, man. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a referee.
0: When you did the star, Dion Sanders kind of came after you on Twitter. Yeah, has that been resolved? Are we good? Yeah, I mean, or did it? Or did you just let it go and he hasn't actually apologized yet? Uh, because like I wasn't a big fan of that Dion. Right, I thought that was kind of fucked up. I love Prime. <laughs> right, right. But he was—he, didn't, I don't even think he realized you were playing.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I said. I think you know, players make mistakes. You know, what I'm saying I don't think he really understood what was going on, and uh, so you haven't gotten an apology yet. Uh, I'm not even looking for an apology. I'm honestly. looking for an apology. <laughs> I'm not Dion, looking for an apology. you need to apologize to Kevin
0: Bayard because <laughs> you tweeted and you didn't even realize he was a player.
1: I was yeah, but, I mean, I, I got a lot of respect for Dion as a player, man. How I, can you not? I think, you know, it, sometimes uh, you get on TV as a reporter. You know, you even see Stephen A. Smith made a couple mistakes last year as well. Right? But, I mean, that guy is an awesome reporter. He, he's great with what he does. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, I got respect for both of those guys.
0: I think Stephen A. Smith is magical. No, for I sure. think a lot of people, they get annoyed by Stephen A. I've never seen somebody yell and <laughs> use such big words.
1: Right. And it all makes sense. That's what I'm saying, man. He's a legend, man. I mean, he deserves to get paid what he's about to get paid, or if he already got it or whatever. So, uh,
0: he's good. so I call this the Players Podcast. Who do you believe is the most popular reporter amongst NFL players? My thought was that it's Josina right now. Okay. Just because I feel like anytime time she's the one that – interacts with the players the most
1: sure. would you agree with that yeah I would definitely say that I mean just watching her interviews and things like that how she talks to players and I think he she's real authentic and genuine so I would have to agree with you on that one
0: uh I'm looking at your division Texans you know Deshaun mm-hmm. uh Jaguars Nick Foles you guys Mariota you just picked up Tannehill mm-hmm. and then who's the other team that I'm missing in your division you said you said Indy? Andrew Luck. Yeah, Andrew Luck. And I was saying all that to get to the Colts. Right. It felt like they changed drastically. Right. Was What was it like on the field with that offensive line mm-hmm. and a healthy luck? Like, you didn't have that the first
1: two years you were playing. No, right? not at all. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I think we had the most competitive division in, in football right now. I mean, from top to bottom, I think every team – can make it to the playoffs, and I think that's definitely going to make it down the stretch. It's going to be – I think we played Houston in the last game, so I'm pretty sure it's going to have some playoff implications as well. So, uh, I mean, Andrew Luck, man, to see him come back from being out of football for an entire year. They sure—they sh- shored up their O-line with big Quentin Nelson. He's a beast as well. Dude. He, he's, a, he's a big boy right there. But, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be very competitive, and uh, we'll see them coming in Nashville week too, man. I, I haven't beat Andrew Luck since I've been in the league. So that's something oh, that right. he's like undefeated. He's undefeated. I think he's like ten and zero against the Titans, and that's something that we have to get off our. Do you to guys check talk that about
0: that? Yes,
1: I know. I, I, I like.
0: Does it go up on the board? Like nah, it don't go up on the
1: board, but I know. Put it on the fucking board, then. My DB coach. My DB coach said it the other day. He said, "You know, he wake up in the morning, he says his prayers, and he comes in he's like, how can I get better today, and how can I be Andrew Luck?" Man. So I mean, we we definitely gotta. You know, what I'm saying we we gotta. Has get he ever that,
0: complimented you? Because that's his thing if he but gets Andrew? sacks. Yeah,
1: yeah, most definitely. I mean, he's such a nice guy. It's, it's kind of hard to trash talk him, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the game, he's going to, hey, man, I love, your, I love your game. You're a great player and stuff like that. And it's like, man, come on, man. I want to Say you. something. Say something, yeah. Trash. so I could say something back to you. But.
0: Uh, Bart Scott told me that the one player he was actually afraid of was Larry Allen. Mm. And Bart talked a lot of shit. Right. But he said, this is a man that can bench 500 pounds and grew up in Compton. <laughs> is there any offensive player that you purposely do not want to talk trash because they're just that physically imposing? There's a lot of offensive linemen out there that are tough. Right. You got one on your team, yeah, Lawan sure. That will. That's my will guy. Do That's my guy. But is there anyone that you face that you're kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't really need to get pinned to the ground by that guy. Right.
1: Well, Quentin Nelson would definitely be on, uh, maybe high on that list. I mean, just watching him last year, that guy's so strong and big. I think maybe he's bench pressing 500 pounds. But I remember my rookie year. Uh, Oh, Simile. He just got traded. Kelechi Osimale yeah, was on Simile. the Raiders,
0: now on the Jets. I
1: remember my rookie year, man. I was coming to the box to fit the run, and they was pulling. And I kind of got caught behind the eight ball, man. And he literally did this, and I flew like five yards. <laughs> and I ended up injuring my own teammate. He, pulled, he uh, sprained his ankle. And he was mad at me for that, but I was like, man, that guy is huge and big, so that's somebody I definitely don't want to see pulling around the edge no more. And he just like, hey. Like, he did, I didn't even say nothing. So I think he just went right back and lined up, and that's like that's the worst when you get somebody that's literally just lines back up, don't say nothing. That's, what, that's how Quentin Nelson is. Don't really say too much. He's going to line up, hit you, line up, and hit you again. It's and like oh, just man. a machine. Exactly. You can't really get into their hands a little bit.
0: Um, wide receiver that when you're defending the post, you're just like, I got I got to get on it. Like it's it's going to be a track meet. Uh,
1: I would say A.B., man. We play A.B. Really? Uh, I thought you were going to say Tyreek. Tyreek Hill is one of those, too. Yes. But, uh, but what is it about A.B.? Man, A.B. is just a different cat, man. I think just his work ethic. And uh, see, I hear that. But I'm asking you during the
0: game. Right. What is it about A.B. that makes him such a tough cover?
1: I mean, he's just always moving just like a jitterbug. And it's like he's always trying to get open. And, I mean, one thing that I knew when he was with the Steelers, Ben Rosberg was always looking for him. Mm. So it's like, you know, if you have a post safety, you better make sure you're leaning because over Because I AB. feel
0: like he's lost a step. You think so? In in terms of straight line speed. Right. Like, I think if if you just – if he threw a goal – He a ball, couple
1: deep balls last
0: year, though. But I think Ben's one of the greatest deep ball throwers the game's ever okay. seen. Like, he drops it in there. I can agree with that. But I think A.B., like – when he was younger, he was a lot faster. A.B.'s quickness is unbelievable. Sure. And his ability and his awareness on the sideline.
1: Right. Like his ability Tony to get his that. feet
0: down. That like he opens up parts of the field that other wide receivers don't because they can't do those things. Right, right, right. But I just, I always get surprised because I go,
1: "You're, I think you're faster than Antonio Brown. I we had have race. We'll have to see. I think I yeah. can hawk anybody pretty much, maybe except for Tyreek Hill maybe. But He's unbelievable. Nah, he's unbelievable. But
0: with A.B., you're just saying he's got everything in the chamber.
1: Yeah, I think he's just a complete player. I mean, for a guy that may not be, you know, six one, six two. I mean, he, like I said, he's a jitter, but he can run every single route. And like I said, I'm pretty sure Oakland's going to develop a lot of different plays and kind of sees what he likes to do. Yeah. I mean, he just, he just know how to get open, man. He's always open. The NFL is starting to get a little bit
0: NBA-ish in terms of the offseason. Yeah. This felt like an NBA offseason. Yeah. Antonio Brown got a gold mustache <laughs> and pretty much got himself traded. Uh-huh. Odell, out of nowhere, traded, right. traded to the land of LeBron, mm-hmm. uh, Cleveland. Um, and then I'm seeing Le'Veon going. It was, it was interesting. Right. When the A-B thing was happening, I'm at home eating popcorn, and this is crazy. Right. What was it like in the NFL world? watching this guy kind of do all these things yeah. what was it like to see
1: I mean it was, it was honestly it was a wonder of course it kept everybody you know checking their phones and stuff like that but I think was a, that's what happens in this game when you have you know star players you know what I'm saying the, the top of the game you know they had they, they, they just carry a certain amount of power and, you know what I'm saying, certain things where they can, you know, sometimes they can control their own situation, yeah. determine where they can go where, you know, most of us can't. So,
0: But I'm I, sure, what, are you you texting your teammates and you guys like, are you guys seeing this right now? Like, was it like that level?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it was, it was something that everybody was watching, everybody was seeing. Uh Honestly, I think the most surprising thing was seeing Odell get traded to Cleveland, Dude. you know what I'm saying? That's That kind of broke everything. I feel like I just caught a flight and I just got back in the house and, And I seen on my phone. I ran to the TV, cut the TV. I'm like, is is this real? Is this real? Real.
0: It was crazy. Him, Jarvis, Njoku. Week one. Nick, that's who you play week one? Week one. one. Baker. Uh Uh-huh. You realize the attention that's going to be on that game? They've become, like, the most interesting team in the NFL to
1: a lot of people. They said their tickets, I think their ticket price has doubled since last year. Like, the median ticket price has doubled already.
0: And you get to watch their film for the next, like, four months to get ready.
1: Tell me about that. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super excited. Like I said, last time I played Jarvis, man, when he was in Miami, we was talking a lot of trash as well. So I'm excited to play him again. I think he's probably one of the best slot receivers in the league. And not only the best receiver, just blocking receiver as well. He's super aggressive. And have Odell right next to him and Baker and the boys, and it's going to be super exciting because, like I said, man, us as a DB, man, we kind of have our – own little thing, MMC and B. My man catches no balls, so we're gonna be super excited. Ooh. It's gonna be, it's gonna get real competitive. Week one, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a sold out. So, dude, man, it's 'cause be you awesome.
0: know they're gonna t- try and take a shot to Odell. Oh yeah,
1: early. Hey, I'm like I'm forward.
0: thinking, I'm thinking flea flicker. Right. I'm thinking really like like Odell's the one receiver and they got like three tight ends and right. it's like a play action, like they're going to want to go
1: over the top. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. Is trying, it in
0: Cleveland or Tennessee? It's in Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. You it's are the entering top.
1: the lion's den. Listen, last time I was in Cleveland, I caught three interceptions. So, uh in one game. Shout out to Sean Carter. <laughs> so, like I said it's going to be super exciting and I'm pretty sure Baker's going to be watching film with me as well. Oh, so, yeah. if you think he can get it over the top, man, I am glad I'm glad to see him try, it, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be super excited. Yeah, you got a message for Baker? What are you going to say? Hey, listen, man, I'm just going to let my play do the talk. Like I said, Amen. it's a long time from there, you know it what I'm is. saying? Like I said, it's going to be super exciting. I'm excited to play him and it's uh it's going to be a great game.
0: I think the cool thing is, is sometimes you get a dud on your first week mm-hmm. and it's it's not that exciting, you know what I mean? Right. But I feel like it makes the offseason that much more exciting.
1: Almost oh, definitely, right? We're coming straight out the gate. So, you know, all offseason, I'm going to be thinking about that week one, think about Odell, think about Jarvis, think about Baker and the boys, and making sure I'm doing everything I need possible and helping bring in everybody else along as well to understand, like, we have a great opportunity in week one to go out there and, you know, kind of shock, shock the world, in my opinion. My
0: last thing for you is first pick of the third round. Uh, before you had the eight interception season, and I think everybody kind of knew who you were after that. Was there ever a moment where an an opponent really didn't know who you were and your play did the talking to where they felt the need to either come up to you after the game and say, man, I didn't realize, or during the game? Was there ever a cool moment like that?
1: Yeah. Like I said, I I grew up a Steelers fan, so after that year I caught all those interceptions, Ben Rosberg came to me in the the game and was like, man, you're a great player. You know, I love your game and things like that. That that meant a lot to me because, like I said, I've been watching Steelers ever since his rookie year, so it was pretty awesome, pretty dope.
0: And is that, is that a moment that, like, on the way home you're thinking about it? Like, like I remember being here at Turner and, like, one time I walked in and, and Barkley was like, hey, Adam. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. He knows, like, you know what I mean? And, like, right. for, like, two days I was like, shit, if Barkley knows my name, I'm good. You know right. What I mean? right. Like, I'm sure it was like that with Ben,
1: too. No, nah, most definitely. My family was there at the, end of, at, at the game. So, you know, I'm telling them, like, yeah, Ben Rosberg came to me, said this, said this. He was like, man, for real? He's like, yeah, he knew who you were? That's I said, awesome. yeah, man, so it was pretty dope, man. Like I said, I mean, now, you know, I'm swapping jerseys with a lot of different guys and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, who have like you swapped that. with? Uh, I've swapped with a lot of different guys, especially, I mean, guys that I play with. Uh, Do you want to swap with a wide receiver or with another DB? I usually try to swap with DBs, uh, but at the same time, if it's a receiver that I respect and that I really like, then we may swap jerseys, but uh, you know, I'll swap jerseys with, like, Rashad Jones, of course, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, hopefully I can get more guys that I play this year, but... I mean, I got some, I got a good little jersey collection. Hopefully, I can add a little more. also Eric Weddle. I swapped with him down at the Pro Bowl. That was pretty dope. He, I think he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. So he's up there. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's it'll be interesting with him with the Rams too. Really interesting. Uh, I think he, I think he I think he'll be able to change the culture of that defense. Honestly. Oh my god!
0: I think his ability to put Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib in the right spots. Exactly. I think he may lead to Marcus Peters being an All Pro next year. Because if, if Weddle sets him up, right. Peter's ability to jump routes is so good. Exactly. And he's a dog. And so if, if Weddle goes, <laughs> you know, watch the flat. Right. And beaters can only worry about that. Exactly. He might, he might have apexes.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think that's what's so underrated about Sage, And you got a guy like Weddle, you know, he's – it's not only just the on-the-play field and the stuff that you may have, oh, Edel's Weddle's slowing down and stuff like that, but the guy's so smart. He's a great leader. He brings yes. everybody along, and that's, that's so underrated when it comes to safety. You can have a guy that's back there that sees everything. Oh, man. That's so cerebral, so smart, man. Like I said, it could change the defense. You see how good Baltimore's been in the past few years.
0: All right, so if I put you – this is my last, last one, so I apologize <laughs> so, to everyone recording this. Um, you're free safety. You're not allowed to pick Logan. You're not allowed to pick Malcolm. You're not allowed to pick any of your teammates. Build the rest of the secondary around you, how you would want th- your perfect secondary, not including teammates.
1: I, ain't, I can't answer that question, man. That's I, bullshit. I can't go against my guys. I have the... No, no, but I'm telling you that,
0: like, you would pick them. Okay. So, like, if you had your first pick, you would pick your teammates. Yeah. I'm saying you can't have them. So, like, I'm putting Ramsey on one side. Okay. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, this it, is how we're going to pull this two okay, out here, Okay, 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 I got Because well, there's no
1: drama here. Sure. I'll probably choose my guys. Like I said, I got uh, – I feel like I would choose the guys that's in my agency. I got Casey Hayward on one side. I got Jalen on the other side. You could put Landon right next to me, and I think we'll be dope.
0: Okay, let's
1: talk the agency really quick. Okay.
0: Did this just start happening? Did, did your agent, David, just start picking the right guys?
1: Or, like, how did it get to this point? where you guys are all under the same house. It's insane. Right. I think think it just got more to do with relationships. You know, I think it kind of started with him having Earl, and then he kind of had – I think he had Landon, and then after that I think he kind of had Jalen and those guys. And And so when
0: you're coming out, you see all these safeties under one place. You're like,
1: oh, I want to go there. So I actually was with a different agency before. And uh, after my rookie year, you know, I was kind of thinking about transitioning to a different agency – and, uh, you know, a guy's kind of say, hey, man, David Mulligetta, man, he's a real good agent. He'd be interested in signing you. So I'm, I already knew. I'm like, man, he got all these top guys. Yeah. And, and kind of knowing that, you know, he has all these safeties and all these safeties are great players. I want to be a part of that family. And, and it's uh, cool
0: because you guys, like, hang out with each other.
1: We hang out with each other. I mean, like I said, we have Kenny Vaccaro who's on our team yeah. as well. We got a lot of great guys. And, uh, like I said, actually this summer we're going to have, like, a safety summit. So we're all going to be down you. there working out together. I
0: was saying when Von Miller did the pass rushing summit, right. they should do this with all the positions. Who is heading it up? Who is the safety that's kind of
1: leading in You know, of course, it's going to be Earl. He's going to be, you know, he's, he's the older he's the guy. So he's one. Going, yeah, he's yeah. the wise one. So we're going to be down in Texas, going to be working out. But Yo, I heard we got a get lot of
0: a fucking invite. <laughs> yeah, I'm come not. On, Dan, I don't.
1: I just want to shoot the shit and like right. get.
0: I want to get like a lot of you guys around the table. Right. And like talk about the safety position, mm-hmm. the history. So tell your man David. I guess that I need to talk to him because I want uh, safety is my favorite position. Sure. Brian Dawkins is all of my passwords. Oh, now my password is not Brian Dawkins. <laughs> it's different. I gotta, gotta underscore one or something like that. There might be an exclamation point in there <laughs> somewhere. But I think safety is the cool like I grew up loving Ronnie a lot. Mm. And I and I, I loved Brian Dawkins. But also like I loved the guys like Adrian Wilson, if you remember that guy yeah. from the Cardinals. Man, AZ, come on Amazing. Um I, I've always because I think it's one of the most versatile positions in all of sports. Right. And I love the quarterback and the defense. And it's when a safety lays the wood, Mm. it is one of the best because it's pure.
1: You're right. I mean, but nowadays, you know, we get flagged so much. It's so hard to do it. I mean, I didn't see him a guy, Kenny, get flagged a couple times as well. So they're trying to take that part away from the game. But, you know, we're all for player safety and things like that. But, I mean, like I said, when you get a guy that can hit – that can cover. Yeah. That can, and not only nowadays, not only just covering, because you got to cover these tight ends, sometimes you got to cover some receivers in a slot. Right. So to be able to do as much as you can and also have that leadership aspect is so valuable. Look out for game.
0: my guy coming out of Mississippi State, John Abram. Yeah. A lot of people are listing him as the top safety. I had him on the show. He is I, – I only want to pick one guy in the draft to be my favorite. He's my favorite. Okay. So if you cross paths with, with him. That didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs>
1: Take care of him for me. Nah, okay? most definitely, man. I, I heard he's a good player. Great
0: to meet you. Yes, Don't sir. give me the real fucking answer. Let's show it, man. Thank
1: you, man. There you go. Uh, Bayard, Kevin Bayard, Tennessee Titans, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Why thirty-one? Uh, I actually got Debo, Debo from my college number, number twenty, when I was coming out by Parrish Cox, and uh, yeah. I had no choice, but so I went with thirty-one, and I made some plays in thirty-one, so I was like, it's no point switching now.
0: Uh, be on the lookout. What's your social?
1: Uh, KB underscore 31 error, and then of course I'm KB 31 savage on Instagram. So
0: hit him up, let him know that he's the fucking man. You are the dude. (laughs) I I appreciate it. Yes, sir.